Hello, everyone. My name is Josh, and I welcome you to the Walk in the Light podcast, and may God bless you all. Let's get started here with our uh, prayer using Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. God, we ask that Christ would grant us, all of us, according to the riches of his glory, be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and know the love of Christ which patches, surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, so as a reminder, uh, this is the final installment of the series as we cover Luke chapter 4, 16 through 30, as well as touching on the other parts, which we, uh, there's four that we have covered so far. Uh, the blind, the poor, the captive, and the oppressed. Now I want to be clear, the things I've gone over in this series, um, and I'm just repeating them, uh, are not all <clears throat> the meanings behind all of these uh, aspects. Uh, for example, the blind could be broken down into the oppressed or the captives as well, among other things. Uh, these points that I've made here were just to highlight one aspect of individual items from the main passage with the hope that we can move out of our box into uh, and read more uh, beyond surface values and not and get into a and get into some deeper meanings. Some, if not all, these things have been something many Christians have known for years, as it's one of the first things a lot of people learn early on. But my hope is that this has blessed you and will give you more tools to become more Christ-like and witness Him to the world, as well as open our eyes to a deeper meaning and a deeper conversation with our God. Uh, so again, the passage today is Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. <clears throat> now, what we have been uh, covering so far is a small portion of it, but I would really like us to put into a, put it into a greater portion of the text. And it's extremely helpful to put ourselves in the places of these people to really get into the mind of what was happening in that time. These people likely wanted the Messiah to come on the scene as a warrior, they likely thought he would come from a more popular house uh, or family and not uh, from what they thought, uh, many probably thought, was an adulterous uh, conceived child uh, that uh, Jesus was, or what they thought he was, I should say. Now, to briefly break down what we have covered so far in the blind, um, part one, we learned how the disciples, much like all Christians, typically start out as partially seeing or maybe not even not even seeing at all who Christ is, uh, and then moving into seeing exactly who Christ is fully and clearly as deity and Messiah. In part two, the poor, we saw how Christ has come to save the poor in spirit and those hungry for righteousness, amongst other things that he blesses those who are weeping and being abused, hated, and excluded in his name. In part three, the captives, we talked about abiding in Christ and Jesus wanting us to move forward into maturity and seeing and being freed from the slavery of sin. 
going from being continuously sold on the slave market of sin to being purchased and freed from sin in Christ and commanded to live in obedience. We also mentioned that those that love Christ will, like Abraham, obey God. In part four, the oppressed, we talked about God's very unique and one-sided love, that we must love our enemies, that we should be givers, and those uh, we give to or have taken from us should not expect anything back or in return. We see things as a list, like those that hate, curse, and abuse us, uh, how we should respond. Like, for example, here, we should respond in prayer for those people. That if someone strikes you or harms you in any way, that it could be the root, um, that there could be a greater root of a greater need, and we should seek to help them, not get uh, vengeance or payback. We spoke about doing to others as you would wish they would do to you, no matter the cost or the outcome. That we should practice this love as it is only through God that we can do it, and only by God does it make sense. And that if it is given to us, especially in our time of need, we should give it to the world in the same measure. <clears throat> so again, let's keep these things in mind as we go through today's, te today's text. Uh, again, we are reading Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. And it says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and marveled at his gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me the proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were, more, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha. And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. <clears throat> so let's start to break it down deeper again to put ourselves into the perspective of the audience of Jesus' hometown. They knew Jesus. Many may have even been a part of raising him. Many uh, secretly, or maybe not even secretly, thought he was born from sexual immorality, 
through Mary committing adultery against Joseph, or at least they, that was their uh, thought. These people may have been mostly satisfied with where they were in life, but hated Gentiles and eagerly waited for their warrior Messiah to come wipe the Gentiles out. And they were okay with Jesus until they found out that Jesus came to save Gentiles too, as well as any outcast, which these people may not have seen themselves as. These people knew of the miracles that Jesus had performed to this point in his ministry. Um, let's keep these things in mind as we take a view from their perspective and break this text down. So again, Luke chapter 4, 16 through 30, and it says, uh, starting in verse 16, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and was, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. As was his custom in his hometown Nazareth, Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he uh, was to read the scroll. The attendant likely handed him, like he would anyone else, uh, uh, a random scroll, or whatever they had planned to read that day. But God ordained a specific scroll to be brought to Jesus and be read. And Jesus likely read just a small portion of it, the portion that pertained to the reason for coming as Messiah, and just read that portion. And it said, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Again, we see here what we have been looking at the past several weeks. And to summarize it, just um, he cared deeply for outcasts and came to save them, those poor in spirit and hungry in righteousness, to free from sin and open our eyes to who he is. Uh, again, amongst many other things, but uh, the, these were the parts we highlighted in the past in the past weeks. Uh, so, continuing in <clears throat> verse 20, and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." And all spoke well of him and marvelled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, "Is not this?" Joseph's son. We see here that Jesus not only claims to be Messiah, um, but the initial impression is that these people at least somewhat were responsive to it. Um, Jesus sat down, which was uh, pretty common uh, in that time, that they would read, they would stand up to read from the scroll, and then they would sit down to teach it. Um, that was pretty common in that culture. Um, but these people, they speak kindly, kindly of him and marvel at what he has said, and acknowledge it as gracious. Some of the marveling may not have been all good, though, um, as they were quick to bring up how Jesus is Joseph's son. Um, not only did he not appear out of the clouds as a warrior on a massive horse or anything like that, or, uh, or bring swift justice to the Gentiles, but in their eyes he was born, uh, many probably thought he was born out of sexual immorality. Either way, they are probably more curious and skeptical at this point. They are not quite ready to to uh, be angry and um, looking towards having Jesus killed just yet. Uh, continuing in verse 23, 
And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. Here Jesus reveals where their hearts will ultimately wind up going. They want to see Jesus do more miracles like he did in Capernaum. They likely didn't even see their own spiritual states, and as a result didn't care or could not see their need for a Savior, or that Jesus wanted them to see that this was them, and they didn't even know it. Um, It's really important uh, as we're going through Scripture, uh, sometimes we get in this mindset that Jesus is trying to put, put people down or or that he doesn't care for them and and he's but we need to remember he's speaking to people uh in this situation or in any other situation he's speaking to them out of love he um even though he knows where their hearts are going that doesn't stop him from trying to change their hearts and uh see who he see who he is and what he's trying to do for them and that get them to see his uh incredible love for them so it's easy again to kind of look and and see God is looking down on us and and just being like do it right do it you know and and just hammer into us but the reality is is Jesus isn't doing any of that he's he's tr- he's trying to get uh a hold of these people and be like I am your messiah I'm here to I'm here to save you and you and he, I think he wants them to see their spiritual need um and he's trying to reveal where their hearts are going with this in hopes to combat that. Um, <clears throat> continuing in 25, But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha. And none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. Here we see Jesus brings up the people that were passed over to help Gentiles. Uh, not unlike the with the 99 sheep, God was willing to leave the 99 who either needed less attention or who were so self-righteous um, that they couldn't see their need uh, to receive his message. Uh, But he was willing to seek out two Gentiles that would receive him. Uh, And as we are about to see, the Messiah being being also for the Gentiles was not something the Nazareth synagogue was uh, prepared, uh, prepared for or wanted at all. So in verse 28, when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. Here we see that the people have gone from possibly entertaining Jesus to outright rage. He was supposed to come as a warrior of justice perhaps to eradicate all the Gentiles and uh, any other enemies that they may have had. But Jesus came saying to these people that the gospel is for everyone, including the Gentiles as well. And they seek to, and they would seek to have the, have Jesus, the person they have 
seen, raised around them, thrown off a cliff, and killed for what he has said. But uh, Jesus here escapes from their grasp and get away. Uh, the reason for this is the time of Jesus' death has not come, has not yet come. It will not arrive a moment sooner or later than ordained, so Jesus escapes. <clears throat> so let's summarize what we've learned here so far, and then we will go into kind of a little bit of a bigger picture. So one, Jesus wants us to know that he came to save all, including Gentiles. Two, he has a deep love for the lost, broken, and outcast. To have them know the depth and length of his love uh, that he has for them. That it is Jesus that saves, and it's through Jesus. Uh, he seeks us out, and he initiates with us. Uh, that was number three, if I didn't clarify that. Number four, that Jesus would only die at the appointed time, and not a moment sooner or later. And finally, five, to pray to have eyes that would see and care for others, especially outcasts, to seek and bring the joy of Christ and his sacrifice to others. So to bring this all together, um, this whole series together, I should say, Christ wants us to know exactly who he is and to spread the joy of what he has and continues to do for us and in our lives. He wants us to hunger for righteousness and to seek his face, that anyone, even the lost, broken, poor in spirit, the outcast, and all who are captive and oppressed by sin and suffer in his name, they all have a place where they are loved and welcome. He wants us to spread his gospel again with love and joy, to follow him by joining in his work um, that he did and has set for us, to live out and mature in love, joy, and the freedom that he has given us, that we are a purchased possession for his pleasure and goodwill. God wants us to feel deeply for others, uh, to love our enemies, uh, to spread Jesus and all that he has done to others. My hope is that we can all take these examples and move to live, move to live them out and evangelize. Um, I recommend writing down the things that Christ has done in your life and remember what the Word has taught us about God and His incredible and immeasurable love for us, to live in joy uh, in, in the knowledge of what Jesus Christ has done, that in these hard times that we can spread that love and joy to others, uh, to give and forgive as you have been given, forgiven, commit to Christ like no... Uh, commit to be Christ-like no matter the cost or outcome to seek God's face and his kingdom first. So <clears throat> that's all I have for you today. I hope this series has been a blessing to you and has been an encouragement to your walk. If you have any prayer requests or praises or would just like to get a conversation going, um, you can send uh, any, uh, any prayer requests or praises to walk in the light at walkinthelightsp.com. Again, that's walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. If you like what we're doing here and you want more daily doses of hope in Scripture, follow us at our other social media accounts. We have a Twitter at walkin underscore the light. Again, that's walkin underscore the light. We have a Facebook. It is walkinthelight. And an Instagram, walkinthelightsp. 
Again, that's Walk in the Light SP. And I forgot to give some uh, updates at the beginning of this podcast, but uh, Mark uh, has finished uh, the bulk of his preceptorship. He has a he has one more test to do for school, if I remember correctly, and uh, we should be back to teaming up for this podcast very soon. Um, but uh, I've enjoyed doing this uh, mini series, and if you guys are liking it, let me know, and maybe we could do um, we could do more of these as well uh, as we're doing our other podcast structure and template. Um, but again, uh, I hope this series was a blessing to you and is encouraged and help your walk and uh god bless you all